I V M. Hello, you are listening to the Takashila podcast, and I am Hamsini Harihar. Today, we are discussing nuclear issues in India. Recently, we have been listening to uh, a lot of debate on India joining groups like the Nuclear Suppliers Group or NPCR. Uh, it shows that our uh, global nuclear non-proliferation record is so good yes. that countries have no hesitation in accepting us as a member of this very exclusive group. Uh, from the Chinese side, actually, uh, China does not, you know, is not against uh, uh, the peaceful use, the right of peaceful use of the nuclear energy uh, from the Indian side. Mm-hmm. The problem, I think, is about the credibility of this, uh, you know, non-proliferation regime. जहाँ तक चाइना का सवाल है, चाइना भारत की सदस्यता का विरोध नहीं कर रहा। चाइना क्राइटेरिया प्रोसेस आदि की बात कर रहा है। Today we have with us Dr. Hathiman Jacob, Associate Professor of Diplomacy and Disarmament at the Jawaharlal Nehru University, New Delhi. So, can you tell us why is it important for India to join these groups? Um, thank you, Hamsi, for that question. Um, um, you know, some of these groups, in fact, uh, four of these key groups, the NSG, the MTCR, the Australia uh, group, and the Wassenaar arrangement, uh, these are cartels and not necessarily uh, flowing out of any treaty organizations of the global nuclear order like the NPT. So even though these are not uh, a, a product of treaty organizations, they form the core of today's uh, international uh, nuclear order precisely because um, it is these organizations that manage the um, nuclear trade, for example, is managed by the NSG, the Nuclear Suppliers Group. Uh, uh, the Nuclear Suppliers Group will decide who they will engage in nuclear commerce with. So with an expanding nuclear industry that India is currently building, it is very important for India to become a part of that particular group because that group decides on the not only on who they should sell nuclear technology and material to, but also the rules and regulations governing uh, the very sale of such commodities. Point number one. Point number two, uh, the other organizations. So the other organizations are not as important as the NSG, like the MDCR, uh, Australia Group, etc. They're not as important as the NSG, but they are also important precisely because especially the MTCR, of which India became a member recently, governs the rules regarding the sale of uh, uh, missile technology to various countries. So clearly it is important that uh, India secures a place uh, in some of these organizations, preferably all four organizations. You know, that's interesting because I read a quote that said India joining NSG is like Russia joining NATO. So how do you think India's negotiating positions with these groups has changed over there? I think that's an interesting uh, comparison. From being a nuclear outlier, from being a revisionist power in the international nuclear order, India has come a full circle. India is now saying that we um, are a status quo power as far as nuclear um, order is concerned and therefore we today have a very, very uh, ambitious nuclear, uh, civilian nuclear program. We also have a modest nuclear weapons program and and therefore, uh, the international um, nuclear order has to take India on board precisely to cover more ground. As you said, there has been a significant fundamental shift in the Indian nuclear identity from, from being a complete critique um, of the uh, major organizations that constituted the main pillars of the uh, international nuclear order. Today, it has become a supporter. It has said, for instance, um, New Delhi has said that if there is a global momentum on um, signing the CTBT and, um, and, and, and the treaty entering into force, India will not stand in the way, uh, which is a which is a very 
very um, a different statement from what it used to make in 19, mid 1990s. It has also said that uh, uh, India abides by the principles of the Non-Proliferation Treaty. It, it can't at this point of time join the Non-Proliferation Treaty. Um, clearly, India is saying that we will not join the treaty because of the treaty's problems, not because of our problems, but we abide by the strictures of the treaty. That is, we will not proliferate, we will not give this nuclear technology, etc., etc. Also, on the question of the FMCD, the Fissile Material Technology uh, uh, Cut-off Treaty, yes. has um, made very positive gestures towards the um, um, FMCT uh, at the conference on disarmament in Geneva and has said that if uh, uh, the negotiations were to begin on FMCT we will completely support that which was not the case earlier. So yes, India has come a full circle uh, which I think is a very positive development. India's national identity with respect to nuclear issues has changed but so has the world's identity and, and like the debates about nuclear issues have changed their agenda over the years. So what do you see is the difference between say uh, the 1940s right when everyone started developing nuclear weapons to now? Correct. I think uh, um, what is happening uh, globally is that there has been um, a concern um, that the current nuclear order is crumpling. There's a lot of stress on the uh, current nuclear order um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, and the variety of reasons are, uh, on the one hand, you have a lot of countries that are probably uh, trying to proliferate. Iran was potentially trying to proliferate. North Korea has proliferated. And there are other uh, countries like uh, Saudi Arabia at some point of time, perhaps. Uh, will go nuclear or could go nuclear. There are talks about uh, uh, developments in the um, Southeast Asia, uh, in South Korea and, and Japan. So you don't know uh, how this will play out, play, play, play out in, the, in, the, in the years to come. So you have more proliferation and then you have the arrival of the uh, non-state actors. Uh, we know that Al-Qaeda has been trying to uh, you know, gain some kind of nuclear technology in the past. Now we have the new uh, kid on the block, the IC. Uh, clearly, if the ISIS becomes a, a viable state at some point of time, they would look for nuclear technology. So you're looking at a lot more actors on the scene today and the existing institutional framework, be it the NPT-led uh, treaty-based framework or the uh, IAEA or many of the other organizations, they, have, they are unable to cope with these fundamental changes that are happening in the international nuclear world. That's also because uh, the nuclear order somehow reflects the geopolitics and, and power politics of 1960s and 1950s, it doesn't really reflect what happens today, the new realities and the current contemporary international system. So there is there is therefore a necessity to relook at some of the contours of the institutional um, setup in the international nuclear order, point number one. Uh, the other point, more, more germane to what you asked me, um, is the sort of uh, change in the identity of the uh, international nuclear order. There was a time when um, all of us, including India, uh, swear by the disarmament principle, the ideal that we need to have a world without nuclear weapons. Today, no one talks about a world without nuclear weapons, right? We are concerned about safety and security of nuclear weapons. And in that context, people are talking about counter-proliferation and not even nuclear proliferation. There has been a shift, fundamental shift, uh, which is which is very underterranean. It's not really on your face, uh, I'm, you know, right there, uh, from disarmament to nuclear disarmament and nuclear non-proliferation to today counter-proliferation. That's been the uh, change in international nuclear order. Yeah, like India has been extremely vociferous at the nuclear security summit for the last couple of years. Uh, would you say that that would become like a new battleground or like a new model for future uh, nuclear programs? What do you think the future is going to look like when we're talking about 
nuclear issues? I think two, three things. One, I think there is going to be a clear distinction that is going to be made, um, as has always been made, about responsible nuclear states and states that are not responsible about their nuclear behavior. Uh, and I think India has managed to make a brand name for itself as a as a major uh, uh, nuclear resp- responsible nuclear power. I think India needs to push that point further and say, uh, listen, here is a country in a very troubled region, in a very in a terrorism infested region that is that has behaved very responsibly as far as nuclear issues are concerned. Uh, point number one, and then try and take the NSS process to the next logical level. And what is the next logical level when it comes to the nuclear security summit uh, process? The nuclear security the summit process ended in 2016 this year with the final uh, conference in Washington. Um, so nobody has talked about what needs to be done hereafter. I think India needs to take the lead in sort of organizing a regional NSS process um, and get the Iranians, the Saudis, the Chinese and the Pakistanis on board. And if India can take the leadership in, in, in sort of bring these actors together and at least begin a discussion on nuclear security and safety issues, I think that will further enhance India's um, um, say in the international nuclear order, even though technically India is still an outsider and not an ins- not 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 a, not a core member of the international nuclear order, this kind of a um, um, uh, this kind of a process will clearly uh, elevate India's status and standing in the international nuclear order. Point number three uh, is that India is a uh, country that has an that has a very very expansive uh, um, um, civilian nuclear sector. Right, ninety percent of uh, the nuclear activity that happens in India is over 90% of the nuclear activity that happens in India is not in the military sector. It is not in the strategic sector. It is in the in the civilian sector. And and um, there are there are countries already approaching India for nuclear technology and for help helping to help with the setting up nuclear reactors, etc. etc. Uh, clearly, India is also taking help from the other advanced countries, but uh, India is also willing to or, or have, has been approached to um, uh, help other countries. So I think India needs to take that avenue very seriously and that opening very seriously. Uh, why not uh, um, get into this nuclear commerce with a lot more countries and, and try and make a network of states, try and make a cartel, I mean, you know, cotton unquote, of its own and, and then sort of, uh, you know, play up the, um, the responsible state tag um, uh, in, 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 and, and take the NSS process to the next level and, and sort of try and be an alternative model um, in the face of the crumbling um, existing traditional international nuclear order. I think I think that's where our policymakers need to put a lot of focus on attention on. Um, I'm not sure if that that, that kind of thinking has uh, as, um, it does exist in the in, in, in New Delhi, but this is the direction that India needs to take. We can't we can't go on uh, beating around the bush about the need to join the existing organizations. Some of which is simply not going to be possible for for purely because the treaties have been written and it's done and over. So you need to look ahead rather than look back uh, 40 years uh, to 1970, uh, 45 years. It doesn't happen that way. So if you say like a comprehensive nuclear policy for India over the next 10, 20, 50 years would be to be the head of the new world nuclear order. Is that what you believe? Exactly. I think uh, India needs to, one, think about these things, the potential nuclear futures very cohesively. And in fact, try and put the heads together in Delhi and various parts of the country, um, places like Takshashila Institution or other private uh, 
uh, think tanks in India and bring bring people together and try and uh, evolve a certain blueprint about what the future uh, is going to look like and then try and evolve a set of responses to that uh, and then try and articulate this in, in official utterances, in, in white papers and in in, in think tank publications, trying to articulate this kind of a vision. Because if, if India wants to be a part of the global nuclear order, what is it that India has to offer to the nuclear order? You can't be a free rider. You can't just get in just because you are a big country. You need to have vision for that. And what is that vision? I think India needs to evolve um, a vision and articulate it to the international community. Thank you, Hanuma, for the comprehensive summary of nuclear positions and what India needs to do. Thank that, you. Great pleasure. That's it for this episode of the Takashila Podcast. If you have any comments, then visit our website at www.takashila.org.in or you can visit any of our social media handles for the same. Thank you.